Hello, I'm Davis Nordell, a Senior Technology Analyst at RSMUS LLP. We are proud to be sponsoring this podcast in collaboration with the Puget Sound Business Journal. At RSM, our purpose is to deliver the power of being understood to our clients, colleagues, and communities through world-class audit, tax, and consulting services focused on middle market companies. The business world is evolving rapidly. In this fast-paced environment, RSM understands that you need an advisor who thinks ahead and rapidly responds to the changing needs of your business. At RSM, we build strong relationships by being committed to understanding our clients' industries and embracing what matters most to our clients. everyone, and welcome to this Business Journal podcast. I'm Rick Morgan, and today I'm joined by Luis Sezi, co-founder and CEO of OctoML. OctoML helps clients improve their machine learning models and automates the processes involved in getting the models ready to deploy. The company raised $85 million in November from big-name investors like Tiger Global Management and Madrona. Uh, in addition to running a startup, Luis is a professor at the University of Washington's Paul G. Allen School of Computer Science and Engineering, where he's taught since 2007. Luis, thanks for being here today. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to talk to you on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. So um, you and I have spoken in the past, um, so I obviously kind of have a basic understanding, but can you maybe explain for our listeners what OctoML does in just very basic terms? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you all know, machine learning and AI is sort of like permeating every single, uh, almost every single thing that we interact mm-hmm. with on a daily basis, right? So from uh, things that we do in computers, from say video chat applications to how we do search on the web, to self-driving cars and to medicine and so on. Um, and but you know, even though we're getting better as an industry in creating the AI models and the machine learning models um, that you know provide this, this functionality, there's still a lot of engineering required to getting these models ready to be deployed, be it in the cloud, be it in your you know smartwatch or in a or on a on a car, for example. Uh, and all of their engineering is uh, first of all, it's expensive, it's rare. Um, any delays get more innovation into uh, into production, right, to the hands of users. So what OctoML has built on top of uh, research that started at UW, you know, six years or so ago, is a, a way of automating the process of getting uh, your models highly optimized, packaged, and ready to be deployed with very little engineering. Uh, since you know, we automate that process, right? So mm-hmm. uh, to put in the hands of to, 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 to put in the hands of users without having to require the specialized, rare, and expensive engineering. Definitely. So can you maybe give, like, what would be an ideal hypothetical use for this technology? Yeah, absolutely. So say that you have um, a technology to monitor whether or not in a collection of videos there is inappropriate content in a video. So mm-hmm. what you do is you build a model that has to, to interpret every single frame of all videos to see whether there's anything potentially bad there, right? So um, it turns out that this is very computationally intensive. If you don't do that right, it could be uh, too slow or too expensive to be actually deployed, right? So, um, and what we can, uh, what, what we offer is the ability to say, to watch the content in the video and make it run, say, 10 times faster than, than it, it would originally. Mm-hmm. And that means that it's 10, uh, 10x cheaper to run that service, right? So that's one example. So taking or that another machine one, learning and making it like uh, more viable to actually create. Exactly, much more efficient, right? So this is important not just for cost, and practicality reasons, but also just think about the environmental impact. We all keep hearing about how much computer infrastructure uses mm-hmm. in terms of, of natural resources and being able to use, you know, a fraction of what you use otherwise. This seems like to do if you can, 
right? So mm-hmm. and you don't compromise in any functionality. You really just use the technologies that, that we can offer in uh, providing the same exact functionality, except at a much lower, much lower compute resource utilization. Mm-hmm. So this this example, the video one was was one. Another one would be say that you have you know a smart camera to help detect you know pets, people, and cars for 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 safety, for example. You might want to get that model that can identify pets, people, and cars and run on the camera itself, as opposed to having to send data to the cloud. It's important for privacy reasons, right? You don't you don't have to ship images to be interpreted in the in the cloud. You might want to. Uh, interpret those images locally such that you, you don't leak, leak sensitive information. But for that to be viable, you need to make your model run on the compute power on that tiny little camera. And the only way that's done today is by doing a lot of engineering to make that possible. Well, with, with our platform, you can get there um, without, uh, without having to do the specialized engineering. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Do two examples make sense, Rick? Yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So um, any kind of update on when the product will be generally available? I think last we spoke in November, it was still in early access. Yeah, so essentially the strategy that we're taking, by the way, is that I, I, I don't want to you know, label it as, as early access or general availability. Like customers can come and uh, sign up for okay. uh, the, the initial use, and then we are um, essentially doing a higher touch customer onboarding because we want to make sure that our customers have a really good experience. So, sure. that doesn't, uh, so that's sort of like think of it as in between uh, limited access and what one would think of general availability in terms of just come in, create an account, type in a credit card, and you go ahead and use it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we really focused on making sure that all users that come on board make the most out of the out of the platform. So anyone can sign up uh, for for demo, and then uh, as our bandwidth becomes available, we're going to go in um, and and onboard these customers, right? So got it. And so we are, sort of, so you can do that today. You can do that today. Got it. So it's just more of a an involved process at this point then yeah exactly yeah for for our enterprise yeah so for for our platform customers but remember that we have uh tvm is an open source project that you know we um that we develop the folks can come and enjoy a lot of the benefits of our technology by coming and using our open source um open source package right so Mm -hmm. fantastic um we've spoken about this and we were actually talking about this before we hit record but um it would be nice to kind of talk about it again. How does your research um, at UW tie into what you're doing with OctoML? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, first of all, like my my research area, what I'm passionate about uh, intellectually, my research life is really this intersection of how to build better computers with machine learning. So the reason that this um, is is interesting to me is that machine learning, as I said before, like really. It's just really transforming um, a lot of, um, you know, the technology that, that we use every day and creating a lot, whole lot of new, exciting technology, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but computers need to be able to, to keep up, to actually run machine learning and make them viable and, and make them really do uh, execute on all their potential for the, um, you know, for the end users. So at, at UW for, you know, a decade and a half now, a decade and a half now, I've been working on making computers more efficient and uh, for applications that matter to the world, okay? And mm-hmm. uh, about six and a half or seven years ago or so, we started working on this idea of using machine learning to optimize machine learning itself, to require less engineering to make it viable. And that's really where TVM um, got started. TVM is the, the name of the open source package that underpins a lot of what we do at OctoML. Um, mm-hmm. I've had many grad mm-hmm. students um, write their PhD thesis on this topic. Some of them became professors. Uh, some of them became, you know, co-founders at OctoML. 
right? <laughs> and the but the technology is is fully open. The core technology is fully open source, and anyone can use it. So now, how does that relate to Dr. Mao and to me personally, right? So um, as, as I say, like I. I I love doing research and I love working with grad students and postdocs and undergrads that come in and want to, you know, uh, use all of their intellectual curiosity and intellectual, um, um, you know, cycles to to learn about machine learning, learn about computer systems, and work on this intersection of machine learning and building better computers. And when in doing that, um, you know, that's very synergistic with what we do at Octon now. Right, so uh, I, the way I think about this is at UW, we mm-hmm. do we develop data technology in the form of research with 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 our grad students and our researchers there, and that research goes into the community, right? So the, the research community, and then when some of those research like makes sense for what customers need now, you know, folks can go and um and and use and influence where the product would go, right? So. so. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's interesting you talked about how some of those grad students became founders at OctoML. Um, kind of leads nicely to my next question, which is, how does your relationship with UW help in your search for talent, uh, if at all? Well, I had if at all oh. here, but obviously, clearly, it helps. <laughs> so I thought oh. you said that. No, absolutely, Rick. So, and in fact, when I was um, thinking about starting a company, right, I, 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 at that time, right now, it's even more clear, right? So at that time, I was like, oh, wow, so there's a, a, an inherent um, Advantage of spinning off companies out of out of academia at that time and and in this moment that we're living now, just because the access to talent is so important. There is such a, a strong competition there, and having a connection to where uh, talent is made, right? So would give an advantage to to a to a company, right? So uh, of course I'm I don't um, I'm super impartial, right? I like to offer. Um, Students the opportunity and learn about OctoML, and I would say that naturally the reason that OctoML has been capturing a lot of um, a great talent is because of our connections to academia. They know about our work. Some mm-hmm. of them know a lot of us. So I've had former students come and join us later in their career. I've had even undergrads that took my class, you know, 12, 13 years ago now uh, uh, come in and uh, learn about OctoML, interested especially working with us, right? So um, yeah, definitely making the most of the connection with academia because. You know, talent access is just so important, so hard that um, being connected to where it's made, you know, it's a it's a it's a huge advantage. So, mm-hmm. are a lot of these uh, folks that end up joining the company? I mean, are they grad students? Are they undergrads? Um, it's a mix. Sort of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So we've we've had the mix. So we've had folks that are undergrads, uh, grad students. We've had folks that uh, took our um, that went to uh, the Allen School's professional master's program, mm. but also we had folks that joined um, our team that are students of colleagues of mine in academia, folks from all cities, that whenever their students are looking for uh, a new and exciting startup that's in the area that are of their uh, intellectual interest, right, so get, they go and point them our way, right, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's a, definitely a mix of undergrads, grad students, and folks that took a professional master's program a while ago, so. Gotcha, cool. Um, so you obviously uh, have some big name investors between Tiger and Madrona. Um, how did you con- get connected with them uh, and what's that relationship sort of been like? <laughs> well, it, no, let's start with Madrona, right? So I I, I love that front of a strong uh, connection to them. I am a venture partner there. I've been um, part of the, say, Mad- part of the Madrona family for a long time. Right, so uh, Madrona funded a company 
of uh, that I co-founded out of UW about 10 years ago now, and I've been in touch with them ever since. And about four years ago, I became um, you know, a venture partner, part-time venture partner, um, and helped them run the technical advisory board and so on. Um, so Madrona knew what we were up to. Of course, there's no obligation either way for them to invest. They just, you know, they're so great at it, you know, and uh, and they knew what we were up to. They knew a lot about what I was doing uh, in that space. So um, it was, they luckily, I feel very fortunate they were interested in investing early on. Um, and then, so other investors like Amplify Partners, who are very active in AI mm-hmm. and ML investments, you know, have known of us because of our open source project, because of Apache CDM. They had been watching us for a while and had been contacting grad students and myself for, for a while. So, um, and then, you know, as we were executing, things were moving fast. Of course, you know, investors talk to the investor trends, right? So, and I would say that both Modern and Amplify were very, um, very, very helpful in making sure that, you know, these, um, these investors um, knew about us. And also just the fact that our uh, progress was so public via our open source project and via our results that we made public that, that helped attract um, the interest from these, uh, what do you call big name investors, right? So mm-hmm. um, they learn about us and this, this space is hot, moving fast. And luckily we've been, um, you know, credit goes to the team here of doing great work and, and, um, and telling the story of the great work that we're doing to have, that helps attract the attention of investors. So. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, so the last thing uh, I wanted to ask you is a little bit of a change of pace, um, but what is one thing your employees or students don't know about you? Oh, wow. One of the things that they don't know about me. Huh. So, <laughs> well, you know, I tend to talk to them a lot, so they know a lot about me. Yeah. One of the things that they don't know about me. Um, so, okay, so here's one. I um, I grew up in, in, in Brazil, as I mentioned, and my, uh, my family had a little farm. But despite having a little farm, I never rode a horse because I felt like horse was this one like a bicycle that I feel like I understand how a bicycle works. I can huh. control it. I feel comfortable in a bike. Yeah. I, I never could get myself to climb in and 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 be on a horse. It's part being horses there just because they felt like it's something I could never get to. You know, level of control that makes me feel comfortable yeah. to be uh, being on a horse. All right, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a random one. Sorry. <laughs> right, that's right. A bike. I can understand how a bike works. I don't quite understand yet how, you know, uh, a horse would work, right? So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're not on a, a conscious thinking being, you know, when you're on a bike. What kind of stuff that's did you guys right, raise yeah. in the farm? Uh, so uh, that, that's how, that, that part of the country was um, mainly oranges and um, and, cat, uh, and cows for milk, right? So okay. had no, it, it was not a big farm. But it was uh, big enough that they had, uh, you know, or, a lot of oranges and, and, and a lot of milk. One of the things that I used to love, um, going is just having very, very fresh milk, which is something that it's hard to imagine because in this age of, you know, we, we pasteurize milk and we have highly controlled supply chain for milk. It's kind of ima- hard to imagine drinking yeah. very fresh milk uh, out of a cow, but I did that as a kid, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, where where in Brazil? Uh, the state of Sao Paulo. Okay. The state of Sao Paulo, yeah. I grew up in the city of Sao Paulo, but uh, my family had, you know, most of my family was from the inner state uh Sao Paulo so and that's 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 where the farm used to be so cool well fantastic uh Luis thanks for being here today for sharing all this with us this was a lot of fun absolutely thank you very much Rick I hope you all enjoyed and hope to be in touch and if you all want to come and learn more about Oxfam now just go to Oxfam.ai learn about all we do and we just had CVM conference last 
that all the videos will be available very soon for folks interested cool. in learning more. Definitely. We'll have to check that out. Thanks again. Great. Awesome. Thank you.